0: Hebrews chapter 12, verse 7 through verse 15. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 7 through verse 15. I'm not gonna ask you to stand uh, because we've been standing and sitting the whole, uh, up and down the whole service, but I do want you to reverence in your hearing and I want you to know, you that are watching online, we see you, we get your comments and your offerings and so thank you for joining us. When you have Hebrews chapter 12, verse 7 through verse 15, uh, say amen. It says, endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? If you're not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate. Not true sons and daughters at all. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the father of spirits and live? Strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. Make level paths for your feet so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. He's talking spiritual here. Make every effort to live in peace with everybody and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. See it that no one falls short of the grace of God that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many and all of God's people said amen Amen. we've been talking about worship and what worship looks like this month at the church so I want to share with you for the topic just for these 15 minutes the pursuit of holiness the pursuit oh no this won't be one of your favorite messages I'm going to tell you now but it's always good food The word of God is always good. When we talk about biblical dispensations, we are making a reference to how God deals with his people in different ways and in different times. And uh, one dispensation, the first one we call it Innocence. And in Innocence, uh, this deals with a dispensation where God deals with Adam and Eve, he deals with them face to face. But after the fall, It gives birth to the second dispensation, which was the dispensation of consciousness, where although men had fallen from God, God left them with some sort of consciousness, some sort of moral compass to choose what was right and what was wrong. But of course, man does not always follow his God-given conscience. And so this gave birth to a great flood. And a third dispensation in which we entitle the dispensation of human government. All of you that's going to be ordained soon, you might want to be taking notes off of this message. This is uh, after the flood of Noah and his sons are given the assignment to repopulate the earth with a moral code like capital punishment, protecting the sanctity of human life. He gave them the assignment during this dispensation to scatter and multiply. On the face of the earth. But instead of following that assignment, huh, men and human government decide to stay together and lift up a tower to themselves. Trying to build a name for themselves. And because of their disobedience to God, God confused their languages, scouted them across the face of the earth. And then he spoke to man by way <laughs> of separating. And then he brought them into a place of promise where this dispensation of promise, God speaks to Abram and tells Abram, I'm going to make you a father of many nations. Nations of the earth will be blessed by you. God takes Abram to this land and Abram scopes it out. He walks the width and the breadth of this land that he was to inherit it until times got hard. And when time got hard, he went to Egypt look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor no matter how hard it gets stay where God has placed you this begins a complicated relationship with Egypt and God's chosen people as a matter of fact this dispensation ends with the children of Israel being in bondage but God always has a plan and while they're there and God uses Moses to bring them out It brings us in the dispensation called the dispensation of the law. The law. God had dealt with them face to face. He dealt with them through their consciousness and human government. Now God has a set of written laws. Now what God requires would never be vague or open to man's consciousness or interpretation. God has now written his law upon the tablets of stone with his own hand. Hmm, My God. Man could not keep this law. So then this brings us to to the dispensation or the space and time we're in right now. It's called grace. How many of y'all thank God for grace? When man's garden of Eden was polluted in innocence and they were left exposed, God became their covering. And when their conscience failed them in making right decisions... Causing a flood of destruction God became their ark. And when man's government was corrupted with disobedience God became their promise. And when the promise ended up in the wrong place trapped in bondage he became their Passover deliverance. And when they had a law they could not fulfill. God knew the inability of humanity to uphold his standard absent from the power of the Holy Spirit. God knew the incapacity for mankind to keep the perfection of the written law by supernatural deity. So then he came. He came not to eradicate it. (laughs) He came not to eradicate the law or its precepts or its ideology, its virtue, its holiness. He came to fulfill it. He paid. I like a Bible church, y'all with me? He paid the penalty associated with our missing it. He didn't excuse it. He paid for it. He took our debt. So now the question is, if he paid our debt and took on our sins, what's our responsibility? Or is there even a responsibility? Since we're in the dispensation of of grace, we now understand that when we sin, we are free from the penalty that's associated with it. It's called grace. So then the question is, if I'm free from the penalty, not the consequences. You got to be very careful, because it's a little misleading if you're not paying attention. We're free from from the eternal penalty but God will forgive you and still let you walk out the consequences but is there any responsibility I want y'all to know this isn't a church that we just dance we, we actually do word here what? is there any responsibility so okay so I get this oh it is a gift this is good news when I sing God gives me grace but The question is, should we continue sinning? That God can keep giving us grace? We understand what Adam and Eve's assignment was in their dispensation. It was not to eat of the tree. We know what Noah's dispensational assignment was, it was for him to build an ark. We know what Abraham's dispensational assignment was, it was to lead people into the promise. But in our dispensation, which is called the dispensation of grace or the church age, it seems like we have been convinced that we have no assignment. Everything is on Jesus, but I want you to know that although he accomplished all things concerning our salvation, he has still yet left something on the table for us to do, and it's called the pursuit of holiness. Oh, I know I'm going to get much help through here. Righteousness means we're in right standing with God. That's something Jesus did because if we try to be righteous outside of Jesus our righteousness is as guilty rags it's a really more closer to it if you look at the scripture it's it's a menstrual cycle cloth that's our righteousness so Jesus had to put us in righteousness our righteousness means we're in right standing with God so we are righteous Being holy is the way God made us. So we're already holy. Because he said, be ye holy. And I became holy. So I'm already righteous. And I'm already holy. But holiness is a destination that must be pursued. Because God is holy. Holy. And it's in him I live, move, and have my being. So my pursuit of holiness is my pursuit in a deeper place in God. Some kind of way, this new hyper-grace culture has beguiled us with the idea that the way we live does not matter. They would tell you, No matter what you do, God will always love you, and they are right. He will always love you. He loves you enough to warn you, y'all read the scripture today, he loves you enough to chastise you, look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor everything you went through was not because it was somebody else's fault. No one can judge you but God. But remember one day he will. Oh help me Lord. God will always love you. As long as he remembers you. This is why we know love is real. This is why we know love is real. Because someone can die and we still love them. That's what the grief is. Grief is we're sending out our love and our love is not landing. And that's the pain of it. In order to love something to someone they must be the object of it. Dealing with a grandfather who had dementia. He loved everybody that he remembered. Oh my goodness, now y'all not gonna hear this, y'all not gonna hear this on the TV, and ain't nobody gonna cut this clip up and post it, because it'll be too controversial, because in our new grace culture, we teach almost, in our inclusionary theology, because of what Christ did, everybody's already saved whether they know it or not. And a loving God would never destroy people that he created. But my grandfather was able not to love certain people when they were no longer the object of his love when he no longer had a memory of them and in that day many will say Lord, Lord I prophesy in thy name I cast out devils Oh, we don't preach this no more in thy name and he says depart from me I don't know you Now, as cruel as you think that is, how many years have you walked the earth and act like you didn't know him? As cruel as you think that is, how many times did you walk the earth and you denied him? Now you want a good Baptist preacher to preach a good message and talk about how you used to be in the sunbeam choir when you was five years old. And God is saying, I don't remember. This is why the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 55, verse 6 Seek ye the Lord while I'm preaching to somebody in this room here. Seek the Lord while he may be found, call upon him while he is near. That means that's going to come a time that he will not be found. there come a time where he will not be near. What do he say in verse 7? Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord. Because if you come to the Lord, he'll have mercy upon him. And to our God, he will abundantly pardon for my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways, said the Lord. And as far as the heavens are from the earth, so am I. See, this is, this is all of you who try to rationalize God in your finite mind. Well, I don't think this is fair. Well, let me tell you something. When God gets ready to make decisions, He never has to bring man into the boardroom. He sits on the council of His own will. And the God we serve, He's holy and He's just. All right, listen here. You are saved, and you need to know it. You that have repented of your sins, you that have been baptized, the Bible says, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved if thou shalt confess the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart you are saved you need to know that you're saved you need to embrace the fact that you're saved that's why I'm so glad I can stand right here today and declare right where I am am, I'm saved, can somebody else say that? I'm saved, I'm saved come on, right where I am I'm sanctified come on, we used to testify, we don't have testimonies. come on, I need y'all to help me tell, I'm saved Come on, I'm, I'm, come on, come on, say it out of your mouth. I'm saved. Come on, I'm sanctified. If you are sanctified, come on I'm sanctified. I'm Holy Ghost filled. I'm filled with the Lord. I've been baptized in Jesus' name. Come on, confess it. Come on, all the single people. Come on, I'm celibate. oh, oh, oh. Don't you call you're trying to rebuke cancer, but you don't believe God can keep your body. Oh. Man, I'm celibate. Yeah, I'm gonna put it out there because there used to be a time it won't my testimony. So I'm gonna let the devil know now. I want all the married people, ask the single people, y'all good, y'all okay, y'all right? keep your celibacy a secret when the devil used to hold fornication over your head. What? And some of y'all kind of keep it a secret because you haven't made a decision about it yet. You wait for the right person. But anything I go in, it's got to be a sure testimony that if you like it, are saved, oh man, I got one minute left. You are saved and you need to know it. But even being saved, we must pursue holiness. In other words, we must pursue God's mind the way God thinks about things. God's standard. God's position on the subject. We must make decisions based upon his mindset. You will mess up, and I'm talking about it in my own personal life, it has happened to me. You will mess up with your walk with God, comparing yourself to other carnal-minded Christians. Messed up fooling. Now it won't the world that polluted me, it was some folk in the church that I took down my guard because I thought we were going to the same church, listening to the same messages, and had the same Holy Ghost. But everybody's saved, ain't saved. You a mess up when well, you start trying to compare. Your walk with their walk and they're carnally minded. Establishing your standard based upon the way they think and the way you think and the way you think other people are living. That's dangerous. I'm going to tell you why that's dangerous. This is why it's dangerous. Because you can see God prospering somebody and you can see somebody serving in the church and you can say, "Mm, well, God is using them and I know what they did. I'm gonna tell you why it's dangerous. Because jump up here, Darius, and help me with this illustration. In that mindset, touch his knees, Lord. God heal my knees. I'm telling you, God heal my knees. See, 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 see. What can happen is you can be walking with somebody and you looking and you saying, whoa, look, God is using Darius. And I know what Darius did. And so I'm gonna do what Darius did. Hey. At least ain't as bad as they are, and everybody got something in it, and ain't nobody perfect. And why you still doing it? Why you still doing it? You ain't realize. Darius to start going back to God. See, see, you know what they did, but you don't know about their repentance. You don't know where they are in their process. God ain't gave all of us the same instructions at the same time. You may be, he may be on a longer period of grace because he started at a different place. He didn't hear what you heard. The Bible says it's sin to you when you know to do and you don't do. Mm. So, what does pursuing holiness look like? And I'll close with this thank you for your patience. Pursuing holiness, instead of finding out what you can get away with, you seek to please God. Yeah, I know that's right. That's right. Whew, that thing hit me. Instead of finding out what's permissible, find out what's pleasing. Paul says everything that's ex- that's lawful is not expedient. It may not be a sin for you to sit and socially drink. Until you and your group is sitting there and then the lines get crossed and the standard gets lower so maybe you ought to abstain because you know the potential that you have. I'm not afraid of y'all in this, this room. Maybe. maybe it won't have sin until it got you caught up. Glory be to God. Instead of finding out what's, what's permissible, find out what's seeking to please God. Number two. This is how you pursue holiness. Because I don't, because when I was growing up, pursuing holiness was a look. And I still believe, according to the scriptures, we ought to dress as becoming saints. And I believe you can be holy in your dress and fashionable. I don't think you got to be ugly to be saved. Ain't that right? Ain't that right? Come on, I ain't nothing wrong with being attractive. Somebody say amen. I didn't say sexy. That shouldn't be a part of the vernacular of the saints. Uh-oh, uh-oh. I'ma stay over here because this side of the room, they done got mad. And they sit over that choir because they, they want they want they want sexy to be an adjective. Sexy should never be an adjective for a saint. Because the word sexy, look at the definition. It means to arouse sexually. And the only person you need to be sexy for is the person you're married to. Because it'll be a bad thing to arouse somebody that ain't gonna get nothing. not about a long sweeping skirt glory be to God which there's nothing wrong with wearing a skirt you know, that don't reveal stuff that only supposed to be preserved for somebody else you should dress in such a way that you can dance and shout come on somebody You can, amen you should wear the right proper undergarments praise the name of our God That when the light hits your skirt, we're not looking at your panty line. Amen. I'm talking to the brothers too. Hallelujah. Holiness. Oh, come on, come on. Come on, come on. One Sunday, I came out to preach. One Sunday, and my mama looked at me, and she said, I I said, what is she saying? And I said, go down and find out what is she saying. Because everybody's looking at me, and she up there talking with her lips and her fingers. I sent somebody down, and he, your mama said, you need to go put on a robe. I said, there's nothing wrong with what I got on. Because you know, when you lose by five pounds, <laughs> where you can slide in the clothes you want to, and you start feeling good about yourself, oh y'all not saying nothing to me and if you experience a little rejection from one person then you want to make sure you can catch the eye of another person oh right in church don't y'all look at me like that don't y'all look don't you look at me like that
1: so you start you start
0: and I sat there and I said no I said, I'm not, no I'm not see this is, a, this is called a European cut suit <laughs> my mama looked at me and said you're not from Europe, you're from Gratman <laughs> and I'm going to be honest y'all I was in my pride and I had determined I was not going to change until the Holy Ghost convicted me because you know the Holy Ghost will convict you and when the Holy Ghost don't convict you you let, let holy people convict you Because sometimes you are so consumed to do what you want to do that you're not willing to hear the Holy Ghost. I decided to change because I didn't want nothing on me to distract from what was in me. My Lord, Hallelujah! I can't hear your testimony from looking at your cleavage. There is a way to sing right under man. My God! All right, I'm sorry. I got caught up. Give me two minutes. It's 12.08. Give me the 12.10. Been... Seek. Number two is seeking godly counsel when it comes to making decisions. That's what pursuing holiness means. It means sitting down with sober minded people. With spiritual people. That's not always your friendship circle. Because many of you, you're the litmus test for them you do the one trying to hold up the standard for them. You need somebody in your life that you can sit with and say, listen, I have this decision to make and I want to pursue holiness. Yeah. So I, I, need, I need your feedback. The Bible says there's a safety and a multitude of counsel. Number three, what pursuing holiness looks like is committing things to prayer. Yes. Some, some of you got some decisions to make and they all here. And you go back and forth and you're, you're considering this and you're considering that. But have you considered God? Yes. I'm talking about before you take that job. It, it ain't just about to pay. You need to know what is it going to do to you spiritually. Yes. Some of you, there's some jobs you can't take because it's going to take you back to environments that God delivered you from. Yes. Yes. And you're not deep enough in your faith yet. So you need to commit them in the prayer. Number four, and then when you're pursuing holiness, this is what it looks like. Abstaining from questionable behavior that can cause your good to be evil spoken of. No, it does matter what it looks like. Oh my Lord. I say it matters what it looks like. Because we testify not just with our words, but with our lives. I want you to know, and I'll close out with this. I want you to know that pursuing holiness. And I know me talking this thing like, oh, my goodness, like, man, here's another yoke to put on me. Can't do this. Can't do that. Can't do this. Can't do that. Now, that's what that's how kids feel about parents when they don't realize, no, you're focusing on the no and looking at it as death, I'm telling you no so you can live. Just because a girl's body has matured to a certain place where she can produce, don't mean she's psychologically mature to handle what she produces. Just because a man begins to create seed don't mean he's ready to be a father. Shh. And in pursuing holiness, it's not all, listen, it's not all about rules. I, what really touched my heart in this message really have been stirring in me for the last few weeks. And then recently, uh, one of the young people asked me, says, I, I want to know what your, what your standard is on certain things and on dating and on all that. And it really touched my heart because people don't do that anymore. They're like, no, I'm not going to ask because I don't want the answers. And my desire is not to give y'all a list of rules. No, really, because when, when, when I grew up in church, when you first got saved, it was easy. Nothing was vague. Nothing was vague. It was all dictated. Oh, hallelujah. You want to be saved? Glory be to God. Hallelujah, honey. Thank you. Take them earrings off because, you know, you don't want to be looking like Jezebel. Amen. And you don't need all them chains. Maybe one small one. All them bracelets. Oh, sweetheart. All these bracelets. All these fingernails. Oh, you can wear French, um, French manicure. That's it, honey. Because anything other than that French. No, I'm serious. It was a list. And they didn't mind telling you. They didn't tiptoe around. They told you. And you know what? We obeyed. Because we wanted to be holy and if they said this is what holiness looks like we said I want to embrace it Give it to me that we put on the yoke yes, yes, And anybody that talked against it we pulled away from them yes. no, You ain't talking about bishop because uh, bishop said I'm not going to give y'all a list of rules Because that's not what we are and if I give you a list of rules, it's going to be like it was when we first started the church. I was the Holy Ghost police. No, I'm serious. I would drive to people's house, by people's apartment. The Lord would stir my spirit. And I would go by somebody's apartment and knock on the door and say, Hey, hey, it's, um, it's after 12. One of y'all need to come out of there. No, didn't I? I'm serious. I'm serious. When we started the church, everybody was sat down. We got sat down all the time. Elder, yeah. <laughs> Elder Kelly did her initial sermon and got sat down before she did, and after she did, it, she got sat down. She got. She finally just went to the mission field because she won't never able to do nothing in the church. Cause every, every <laughs> apologizing, we make people go and apologize. We had meetings all the time. It was always a meeting where evangelist Jamisia needed to apologize. It was always something. And it was for that season. Because it was laying a foundation. But then I found myself slipping. Like Moses did. Because of the people. Then I started striking rocks. Almost messed up my own personal walk with God. Because I tried to be everybody's Holy Ghost. Listen to me. If I give you a list of rules. And if you can keep them, it's going to make you prideful. Yeah. And the moment you mess up one of them, it's going to make you shameful. Yeah. And so your relationship with God is going to be like, oh Lord, I've kept all, oh Lord, I messed up. Oh Lord, I kept, and you can never grow in your relationship with God. You know, I'm serious. And that's, that's a hard thing. To You'll never know how God feel about you because God's relationship with you is based upon keeping rules. Now I want to tell you this today. Today's lesson was pursuing holiness, but my last thought to you today is that the pursuit itself is holy. Yes. No, not really. I don't want y'all walking in here with a cloud over your head because this was a good week. I did good all the way up to Thursday. All of that, oh I know God gonna kill me, oh I can't sing in the choir today and all that. No, I'm not saying no no, no I'm not saying that because you'll be sitting yourself down every day. As long as you're pursuing that's holy. The mere fact that you wanna be right with God, the mere fact that you seek to do right, the mere fact that you seek to be right, right with your spouse. The mere mere fact you try to do right by your kids. You try to serve God in the ministry. Now I may mess up. But in my messing up I'm not trying to legitimize my fall. I'm not to a place where no one can confront me or challenge me. I'm not beyond being corrected. And that's why as a bishop. I walked out of the pulpit that day. And I took off that European sin. And i wrap myself in a robe. Because I'm pursuing holiness. And y'all know what a part of holiness is? Are y'all not ready? Following peace. (laughs) How well do you get along with people? That's holiness. Because at some point, if every group you are part of. Every church you are part of. Every family meeting is everybody else, and never yours. How holy are you? You ain't got no makeup on, but you're nasty. I want I, 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 my whole assignment, and Lord's putting this in my spirit, is to, uh, to get you back in pursuit. No, because there are some things that you and God know about some stuff you've been entertaining and what happens is you get comfortable I know what I'm talking about you get comfortable and then after a while you start looking at the people around you and accountability becomes swapping stories and something you used to repent of is taking longer and longer for you to repent Look at the, uh, look at your internet history. Are you pursuing holiness? What's your language like? Are you pursuing holiness? Glory be to God. Man, I feel like I'll never be good enough for God. No. He made you holy. Never pursue holiness. You can never have access to holiness unless he gave you access by making you holy. Hey, this is Bishop S.Y. Younger. Thank you for watching this video. And now what I need you to do is like and subscribe to this YouTube channel so you can continue to get more inspirational, motivational, and gospel content in your direction.